shoot. Welcome to Liberty FM, the podcast dedicated to all things New York Liberty. I'm Francois, and I'm joined by my co-host and wife, Felicia. We are back for episode 9 after a little vacation during the All-Star break weekend. And in this episode, we're going to recap the game against the Indiana Fever before the All-Star break, the All-Star weekend, and today's camp day game against the Dallas Wings. Alright, so Felicia, let's uh, first talk about the Indiana Fever game that took place before the All-Star break. That was a roller coaster of a game, wasn't it? It definitely was. It it left me, honestly, with more questions. Um, <laughs> I'm glad we got the win in overtime, but why it got to overtime when you had a 20-point lead at one point in the second half and you saw it diminish really quickly in the fourth quarter, to me, it just left me with more questions. It, it I don't think for that game, yes, I'm happy we got that win, but... They, they got some work to do. Yes, unfortunately, we're starting to get used to it with the with the Liberty where every game is a roller coaster and it's not an easy ride. So we definitely feel like we're sadly getting used to it and it, and it gets a little frustrating at, at the moment. But let's, let's break down the, the game. And I think at the start of the game, uh, two important players for the Indiana Fever uh, we're out due to injury. Nelissa Smith with a foot injury who's going to be out for two weeks. And Lexi Hall, who had a broken nose as well, uh, who's going to miss that game. So two important pieces of the starting lineup that were going to be out. But we know that, you know, despite those circumstances that favored the Liberty, that it wasn't going to be an easy game. The, the fever... Uh, even though their record doesn't show, uh, you know, things that are really positive, every game is a close game with that team. So we knew that it wasn't going to be easy. And I think before the game, my main questions were, who's going to stop Kelsey Mitchell and who's going to stop Olivia Boston? And unfortunately, my fears were, you know, sort of confirmed in, in this first half by how dominant those two players were. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Aaliyah Boston, we, we saw in the first uh, matchup against the Liberty that she hold the ground. I mean, I think by now, if you still wonder or have doubts about Aaliyah Boston, then you really don't watch games because she's a dominant presence on the inside. She was already in the first game. Jonkel Jones, uh, Dawson, to some degree, Stewart, Abrina Stewart could not stop her. And it was pretty much the same uh, in this game. Unfortunately for uh, Jonko Jones, she got, you know, very early on uh, into foul troubles of 2,000 mm-hmm. in the first quarter. Uh, what do you make of Aaliyah Boston? You, you got to give this girl, this young lady, credit. I mean, she, she came prepared to play in the WNBA. You know, I think sometimes we... We can look at rookies coming into either league, the WNBA or the NBA, and sometimes you wonder, like, is it going to translate when you get to the big league? Like, you know, how are they going to really adjust to playing with more physicality um, and and just more experienced players in general? But Aaliyah Boston, watching her this season and, and even watching her when she played with South Carolina, she is going to be a problem for the WNBA in a good way. She yeah. is going to be that top player. And she's already showing you what she can be. And this is just her first season. This yeah. is her rookie season. And it's it's so impressive. You know, I think she's she's gonna be a dom- she's gonna be a force in this league for sure. And I think for the Liberty, yeah, it's tough. Defensively, you get, with someone like Boston, you gotta be more aggressive. She she plays tough, she plays hard, mm. and you gotta come with that same energy. And if you don't, she's gonna run right over you. And unfortunately she did that with the Liberty in, in different ways. She's quick too. Yeah. You know, it, it it's really Watching her on the court, you're just like, she came ready, and in in other ways, the Liberty didn't. Yeah, I mean, for me, my concern was maybe the the level of physicality in the WNBA that is different from college. Obviously, she was dominant physically in uh, in college, so I was wondering how I was going to transfer into the WNBA, but... 
it actually transferred pretty well because she doesn't look like a rookie. And obviously in college, she was used to being double or triple team. So her high Q is, is pretty high and she knows what to do under the pressure. And so in this first half, she had 12 points and six rebounds. And I can honestly say, uh, Junko Jones, Nera Saboli, both had three fouls in the first half. Stewie had one foul. And I would say as a combined maybe like seven fouls, I would say maybe five fouls were due to the fact that Leah Boston was unstoppable uh, on the inside. But despite Junko Jones' uh, foul troubles in the first half, uh, the pleasant surprise, and we're starting to get used to it now by now, was Nyara Saboli. Yeah. What, what did you make of her performance? I'm... I'm really happy to see Sabli out there more. I think she this is her rookie season as well. Mm. And so she's a quick learner um, coming in at times for JJ. And I love just seeing her under the basket fighting for rebounds. She's quick as well. And just watching plays for her as well. She She's definitely an aggressive player. She stays in the paint, which I love. I know I'm always... We'll get to today's game (laughs) (laughs) with JJ and and even during the game, just like, oh, I wish he just stayed in the paint sometimes. But for Niara Sabali, um, I I can see her growth as each game from the beginning of the season to now. You see that she's growing and she's picking it up very quickly, which I think will only get her more playing time, which is is translating into more playing time, actually. So I I was definitely pleased with her performance against Indiana. She contributed in a major way uh, for the team, which I thought was just fantastic, especially for a player of her caliber coming off of injuries and just, you know, knowing her history, like this was a great game for her. Yeah, the the last game at home against Phoenix, uh, Sabrina Ionescu was full of praise for Niara Sabali when she was asked to comment uh, on her performance against Phoenix. And she said that she was trying to not be emotional about uh, Niara's journey because she had two major uh, knee injuries and surgeries uh, in her college uh, career. And that's that's hard. Because you don't expect a, a player to have two major injuries like that in your mm-hmm. in your college and uh, your start of your WNBA career. But she's a player with a high IQ, and she's learning fast. She's learning fast from uh, mistakes, and she offers things that we don't necessarily have a lot in, in, in New York Liberty, a player that can cut uh, to the basket like that. Uh, set good screens, being aggressive on offense. So that was definitely a, a breather for the Liberty in this first half with Junko Jones in, in foul trouble. Now, my, my second concern, I mentioned Aliyah Boston, my second concern before the game was how the Liberty were going to defend on, on Kelsey Mitchell. We know that the Liberty have been struggling so far this season against very dynamic guards. The perimeter defense has been an issue. And so my concern was how we were going to stop uh, a player who has been uh, you know, voted in uh, the All-Star Reserves for the first time in their career. Uh, how do you think that the Liberty uh, handle Kelsey Mitchell? I mean, she scored 12 points. In 12 the points first... in the first quarter. Yeah, you know, it. the thing for the Liberty that I'm seeing through a lot of these games is just they definitely have to be more aggressive on defense, um, especially on guards. And that's tough because it, it it's hard. Like, you know, I always talk about, you know, Thornton or um, Laney being that good defensive presence. But when they're not on the court, it's a different team and, and they can get run over really easily by guards. And so, you know, for her to have 12 points in the first quarter shows you that, the, unfortunately, the Liberty with with opposing guards, sometimes dynamic guards, they have a really tough time and they have to just get more aggressive um, against the guards that are coming up because they will run through them every time. Yeah. So despite Aliyah Boston and uh, Kelsey Mitchell giving a lot of uh, problems to the Liberty, the Liberty were still ahead at halftime by seven points uh, with a good field goal percentage, but unfortunately a lot of turnovers that sort of kept the, the Indiana fever into the game. 
But the third quarter was was a dominant quarter. And I think now, you know, we've been used to Stewie carrying the team. But let's not forget about Sabrina Ionescu. And that, she was the star of that game. Yeah, I mean, she's a sniper at the three-point <laughs> line. I mean. And I don't understand, but, like, the fever kept Sabrina open quite a few times yeah. in the game. And she made them pay almost every single time. Yeah, you can't. If there's one person you do not leave open at the three-point line, it's Sabrina Ionescu. But it worked in our favor, <laughs> so oh. that's good. But, yeah, it, you leave her open, she will make you pay. And, yeah, in this game, she was she was that player, and she made them pay every time. You know, in the third quarter, they had a, a good cushion, and a lot of that, thankfully, came from Sabrina. Um, but I also think like what you were saying earlier, the turnovers, it's, that's an issue. And the turnovers aren't necessarily caused by the other teams per se. It's like silly turnovers, whether you're dribbling off a foot or you're going out, you know, you step on the line out of bounds or, you know, a wild pass. Like I, I'll pretty much say like half of their turnovers is is something like it's self-inflicted half the time. And I think that's something they got to get better at and work on. Um, to really just take care of the basketball. Yeah, but in the third quarter, everything was clicking. There was definitely more ball movement. Everybody was involved yeah. in offense. Uh, JJ was back uh, in the game after foul troubles, and she could be a change maker. I think she got involved in the way that made me really hopeful of, of what she could be for this team. And unfortunately, so far, we've only so, uh, seen it in Spurs. But she could be so effective. She had two frees uh, at the start of the quarter. She set some good screens, especially for Sabrina, uh, you know, to give her an open free. So she could be really a, a key player on that team. But so far, it's been, you know, occasionally that, that we've seen that in, in, in the team. But do you think that's a, a coaching issue? Because I do feel like with JJ... I just want them I just want to see her fed the basketball more. Like yeah. I think what I've seen lately with her is that in the beginning of games she starts off well. They're feeding her the basketball, she's getting her shots. And then a lot of times they go away from that in the second half. And I'm not saying that the you know, the other teams don't adjust and make their necessary adjustments, but I just feel like she starts to disappear sometimes into the second half and you don't see her as much. I'm glad that within the third quarter, she was definitely a presence, which I was happy to see. But sometimes I'm wondering now if this is a coaching thing, if they're just not coaching her right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very intriguing because obviously the, the general manager of the New York Liberty had this plan in mind. And I think he had a couple of players in his office that he wanted to target in the free agency. And so I'm sure that Junko Jones was uh, part of his plan, but it's almost like, did you think of her as like the key piece or the star of the team? Or did you actually have a plan with her, uh, Brianna Stewart and uh, Vandersloot? Because it feels like a lot of times she's just out there and they don't know what to do. And, and you're right, like I, I'm not sure that the coaching staff knows how to really like mm-hmm. make her like the star that she is because I mean she was an MVP just two seasons ago and physically now she's starting to get better. I, obviously, uh, that was a big issue the fact that she can prepare herself uh, the same way as other players due to her injury. But I think now she's starting to be uh, you know finding a groove physically and mm-hmm. you look at the stats. I mean she had twelve points and seven rebounds in just twenty one minutes. I mean she played ten or twenty minutes less than the other starters, and she still delivered mm-hmm. you know decent stats. So. I mean, we, we saw that article on the, on Nets Daily that was saying that they need to figure out the relationship between Junko Jones and Brianna Stewart a little bit more. And there were some clips on, on the article that showed that when uh, Stewie looks for JJ on the inside or vice versa, it is very deadly. So I feel like I want to see more of that. And then maybe the, the pick and roll as well. I feel like when... Um, Junko Jones set screens for pick and rolls like she's rarely utilized after um, mm. and so yeah there's, there's clearly like some thinking 
that's going to need to be done. I mean, we're not the coaching staff. That's their job. But, you know, we can only describe what we see. And, yeah, it's been it's been very frustrating. But in that quarter, it, it definitely worked. And everything clicked for the Liberty. And they had a 20-point lead in that quarter. So I was starting to, to relax uh, when I was watching the game. Thinking so like, did the Liberty. Yeah, I, I <laughs> so did the Liberty. I was thinking that, yeah, we're going to cruise that, that fourth quarter. But unfortunately, uh, I feel like I'm like a broken record. But when we get too comfortable, uh, this is where things are starting to uh, get dicey a little bit. And uh, um, Grace Berger and Emma Cannon uh, were on fire in that, in that fourth quarter. Cannon who had eight, 19 points uh, from the bench. She was pretty much doing everything. Freeze, mid-range. Uh, Berger, uh, who's a rookie from Indiana. She was uh, aggressive. She was, she was giving a hard time to Marine, to Slu, to Sabrina. Sabrina, getting into the paint, you know, turnaround jump shot. She, those two players were the, the players that already brought uh, Indiana back. So... You know, we went from a 20-point lead to a 10-point lead. Uh, the Liberty were not moving the ball as much, missing a lot of shots, mm-hmm. forcing shots, trying to score freeze when there was really no need. And then after that, when Indiana was down by 10, it felt like the Liberty was just trying to kill time. But that, that was not a good tactic at all, wasn't no, it? No, it wasn't. I mean, I think by the fourth quarter, you see... Indiana got the momentum, and once they got the momentum, you know, you give the team a little bit, they're going to take, you give them an inch, they're going to take a mile, and that's what Indiana did for sure, and I think that, you know, something Brondella always says, she hates when they have leads sometimes, like, really, (laughs) you know, when they're up by, like, 15, 20 points, and you still got, you know, more game to go, more game still needs to be played, it's tough, because sometimes when you are up by 15, 20 plus points, you tend to take your foot off the gas. And that to me is just something you shouldn't do because again, this game, I feel like the game has changed now, both the WNBA and the NBA where threes can come from anywhere and can change a game really quickly. And so even if it's a 20-point lead, to me, sometimes that's that's still not enough. Unless it's 20 points and you got, like, two minutes left in the game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, or a minute left in the game, you know, that's different. But here, I just felt like the Liberty, they stopped, you know, they slowed down. They relaxed in a way. And then when they tried to pick it back up, they just couldn't. The shots weren't going down. Everything just did not go in their favor and they started rushing shots that didn't help them you know i think how until they got what to the foul line that's when they started actually making I mean, buckets literally <laughs> the, the the liberty did not score any field goal for about 7 minutes and 22 seconds i mean that that is each, a very long time we each quarter is 10 minutes long so yeah. 7 minutes and 22 seconds that's not going to cut it especially when the other team is making their shots <laughs> the, literally the only times the liberty was scoring points were at the free throw line with sabrina yeah. uh, getting fouled and especially towards the end of the game obviously when the team is trailing they try to foul and hoping that you miss free throws and yeah. Taking timeouts, going to half court and try to you know score as quick as they can. So it was basically the only times where the the Liberty uh, was scoring points. But you were talking about free points coming from everywhere or anyone. If someone had told me that you need to put your money on an Aaliyah <laughs> Boston buzzer beater free to you know bring the Fever back from you know a twenty point deficit to overtime, I would definitely not have put not even 100K on that. No disrespect to Aaliyah Boston because I saw a couple of videos from the the Fever where they were training her to do the three-point contest and they had this sort of, uh, you know, uh, racket with all the the, the three-point ball and she was actually pretty good at it. She was actually, actually pretty good at it. But before that shot, she had only attempted two free pointers in in the season and made one. So definitely, she was not the person I had in mind for a free pointer uh, at the at the buzzer. I was thinking about Kelsey Mitchell, Erica Wheeler. 
But definitely not Aaliyah Boston. What yeah, a play. I mean, it was an amazing shot. But again, the momentum was in their favor. Even mm. with the Liberty only up by, at that point, three points. <laughs> um, you know, the momentum shift had already happened. So anything could could go in Indiana's favor. And it did to take them to overtime. And you could see it on Boston's face. She was in shock that yeah, it went yeah, down. Because, yeah. you know, obviously... That's not her. That's not her bread and butter. She goes into the paint. Mm. She attacks. You know, the three point shot is not necessarily her thing. But she made it. We went to overtime, which shouldn't have happened, but it did. Yeah. And at that moment, um, you know, the Liberty could have taken the risk of losing that spot in the Commissioner's Cup final because, in the meantime, Connecticut had to care of business beating the Chicago Sky. Meaning that if the Liberty were losing the game against the Fever, uh, the Connecticut Sun would be the team facing the Las Vegas Aces and the Commissioner's Cup. So it's not like there wasn't like something on the line for that game, and and the lack of you know intensity or urgency from the Liberty was was really worrying. So I was definitely worried coming to the the overtime uh, because yeah, like you said, the the Fever definitely had the momentum. But I think even though we are frustrated with the Liberty and the, and the lack of consistency, what they've shown so far this season is that when the game is on the line, uh, they know how to respond. And that comes also with having, obviously, a lot of experienced players, a lot of star players. But in the other time, it went in a way that I wasn't sure it was going, which was taking care of business. And one player that comes to mind was Sabrina Ionescu mm-hmm. once again. Uh, she scored two free-pointers early on in the overtime that really set the tone and, and allowed the, the, the Liberty to play with a little bit more confidence. I know Benajah had a free as well, but it felt more like the, the Fever were running after the score in that overtime rather than you know taking over that game. And what a performance by Sabrina Ionescu. I think, you know, we've been so focused on, on Brianna Stewart this season, who's having an MVP season, that we kind of forget that Sabrina has been the second offensive force for the Liberty. Mm-hmm. And so she ended the game with 34 points, 5 assists, 6 rebounds, 7 three-pointers, 50% from the three-point line, uh, 9 for 18 uh, in terms of field goal percentage. Uh, 50% as well. An amazing performance by Sabrina Ionescu. Yeah, you have to give respect um, where respect is due, and she deserves all of that. You know, she came in and she locked in for that overtime. She was like, we are winning this game. Yeah. And, you know, once she locks in and, you know, it can be lights out sometimes for Sabrina and <laughs> for other teams. And so, you know, kudos to her. You know, she definitely helped the team, as did Benaja. Um, And just playing for each other, you know, making sure that they took care of business. You know, I'm sure they were not happy with this going to overtime and that it should have been won in the fourth quarter. But they came out and they they got the job done. So kudos to them. Yeah, and what was interesting uh, when um, Sabrina was asked after the game, um, how they handle the, the overtime physically and mentally. And and she was saying uh, that she wasn't tired at all. I mean, she said that, you know, we are athletes that are prepared, um, you know, to go the long route if, if we have to and, and to be ready for those moments. And uh, that's when I saw, like, she, she she's no joke, uh, Sabrina. She, she is ready. I think, you know, People kind of underestimate her or how mm-hmm. tough she can be, uh, but she was she she meant business and she showed that you know even though obviously they would have preferred to avoid the the overtime, they were prepared ready uh, physically and mentally and and she led the way and and thank goodness uh, you know we we took that game after an amazing comeback from the fever and so therefore uh, the New York Liberty are uh, going to represent the Eastern Conference for the Commissioner's Cup Woo-hoo. and uh, face the Las Vegas Aces, the, the top team in the league, in mid-August. And and that was an important win because obviously there's a 500, uh, 500k uh, money pool prize for the Commissioner's Cup where each uh, player from the winning team will receive 30k 
and the MVP of the game will get an extra 5k. But even the losing team, the players will get 10k, which is not, you know, it's not, that's not nothing, you know, especially for some of the players on the team that are on a rookie contract. Mm -hmm. So even being in the final was important. And also the fact that you represent some organizations uh, of your own choosing. So that was an important win for the Liberty to be in their first Commissioner's Cup final. I mean, I'm happy that they're going to the Commissioner's Cup, but sometimes it's like when I see, this is just my personal thing, but every time I see the amount that they get, yeah, I'm always, I always get frustrated. I'm sorry. It's just like, these women need to be paid more. Yeah. Like, I just, like, they just need to be paid more. They are out here. They're athletes. They are training for this just as hard, if not harder, than NBA players. I love the NBA. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) But these women need to be paid more. Like, yes, $10,000 isn't nothing. But, again, like... I think I think it would definitely come with time. I mean, it's hard to compare the NBA and the WNBA. The NBA has been there for longer, 70, over 70, 75 years now. The WNBA has been there for 27 years. Um, if we were looking at how the NBA looked like uh, in their 27th year, they were not doing that great. Um, and then, obviously, you know, more viewers, more, um, you know, they're more exposed, so more revenues. But the WNBA is on the come up though, and uh, the WNBA All Star Game uh, this past weekend was the, I think the most watched um, on ESPN. Uh, definitely, they had close to one million view uh, at some point uh, during the game. So more and more people are interested in the WNBA, and so this All Star Game, I mean, we're not necessarily gonna talk about the game itself. I think. Uh, you know, those whole star games are more a celebration of the top players yeah. who are voted in into the all-star game and a way also to connect with fans. Uh, we saw on social media that uh, Las Vegas um, seemed to have run this event pretty well mm-hmm. uh, where they had this uh, WNBA Live event where they had a lot of stands and a lot of ways to connect with the players. Uh, looking at different brands connected to the WNBA. Uh, they even had a free point contest for, for people. There, there were a lot of things going on. So I think it's more a celebration than really an excitement for the game itself. Um, just like the NBA, uh, not a lot of defense is happening, even though I feel like they defend a little bit more. But still, you could tell like the level of physicality and mm-hmm. the defense was not there. I mean... It's a longer season for the players. Uh, they have 40 games versus 36 uh, last season. Uh, some of those players play up until the very end before the All-Star break. Uh, and the players themselves uh, were doing a lot of activities, parties, meeting the fans. So it, it's very tiring. So you can understand. I think sometimes we forget that um, the, the league demands a lot from the players. So yeah. you can't really expect them to like give 100% for a game that doesn't really matter in the end. So, um, so yeah, I mean, there were some funny moments though. Uh, sh- I think they should have a, a TV show or YouTube channel like Chelsea Gray and Asia Wilson. <laughs> Those two women together is, is something. Like they can make like something ordinary, like a, a ball that hang the, you know, in the beyond the, the board of a basket and, and turn it into like a dance contest to try to get the ball. It, it was funny. Um, obviously, there also Neka Agumuke uh, with uh, Arike Agumbawale that was trying to like, oh, like try to reach the ball, like, you know, see if you can get it. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, Brittany Griner uh, being back, you know, last year, uh, they were all wearing the, her jersey, a number. Uh, in the second half to, you know, show their support to her and the fact that a year ago she was in the prison in Russia and, and now she was right there where she belongs and you, you can, can tell, see the joy. Yeah, the joy that she had. It was amazing. Was. It was just her joy was so infectious. Like she was laughing. She yeah, just enjoyed yeah. herself on the court and you could just see it. She was just having such a good time, having fun, wanting to play a little defense yeah, yeah. <laughs> at times blocking shots a couple of times but she was just having a great time and just glad that 
she was here just doing doing what she loved and enjoying the game and so it was just good all around and I think for this year it needed to just be a celebration especially yeah. for Brittany Griner coming back being part of this all-star all-star weekend and yeah, you know, Team Stewie won. Yeah, let's not we were, forget. Let's right? not forget know, Team Stewie so. won. Okay. But yeah, for especially for BG, this this was such a great, great time for her to come back and just enjoy this moment and people just loving up on her, which was great. Yeah. So uh Team Stewie won. Um obviously uh, an important uh you know, important fact, Drew Lloyd was the MVP of the All Star game with uh a record for the All Star game with thirty one points, uh a record for the number of frees as well in the All Star game. Mm-hmm. Uh she wanted to score forty points for her parents' fortieth uh, wedding anniversary, but she, she didn't get uh to forty, but she was still amazing however uh, however. Um, the other fact in the game, they decided to uh, have that four-point uh, circle where you could like shoot, uh, you know, from that circle and get four points. I'm still not very convinced about this idea. Uh, they, um, you know, implemented this idea last year, which wasn't great. Like every player was trying to score a four-point basket. Uh, we saw a lot of missed shots. Uh, the floor of the game was kind of awkward. I felt like this year uh, players were a little smarter in the way they try to attempt four-point plays. Mm-hmm. I know Sabrina had a couple of four-point plays in that game. Drew Lloyd, uh, Nafisa Collier as well mm-hmm. uh, had a um, couple of uh, four-point plays as well. So uh, use a little bit more wisely uh, this year, but still not uh, a big fan of it. So. We'll revisit that uh, next year. The All-Star game next year would be uh, in Phoenix. Um, as, you know, a Brooklyn resident, I'm, I'm not from Brooklyn. I'm from, I'm from France, but my wife is from Brooklyn. Uh, we are a little bit disappointed that uh, New York is sort of ignored for the All-Star game. Uh, I think the last time they had an All-Star game was like maybe seven or eight years ago. Now, you could argue that in the history of the WNBA, the uh, New York hosted the, the All-Star game three times. You could argue four times with um, uh, an exhibition game at Radio City uh, for uh, the U.S. team against uh, a team of All-Stars. So, New York got the All-Star game pretty much four times, but it's been a while since the mm-hmm. last time. And I really hope that, uh, you know, sooner than later, uh, we can have it again in Brooklyn, probably since uh, we have a team, uh, our team in, in Brooklyn and not at the Madison Square Garden anymore. But Yeah, I, I mean, don't. now that they're at Barclays, they definitely have a venue. So, you know, I can see it happening in, in you know, a few years to come easily. And I think before Barclays, they were all the way upstate, like... Not even at a proper... Let's, we're let's not, not going to go Let's not talk about that. a touchy subject. But <laughs> it's a touchy subject for what, you know... The Liberty didn't have a facility. They yeah. really didn't before Barclays. So, and, you know, after Dolan basically took them out of Madison Square Garden. So, it... it I won't go too <sighs> it's still, far. It's still painful. Let's, yeah, let's we won't not go too about, far Let's talk that. about but now happy that Yeah, but now that they're at Barclays, you know, I can see it happening, you know, at some point in Brooklyn. I'm sure... I'm sure it's there. I'm sure between all these different teams, New York is going to be on the map again. Yeah. Now, before we talk about uh, the game that happened today against the Dallas Wings, it will almost be a crime to not mention Sabrina Ionescu. Yep. And the three-point contest. She made history. Oh, my God. What she, a performance. <laughs> she went. She looked like she went unconscious at one I, I, point. I have she never just, seen that she in She was my a robot. Just life. shooting. Just shooting. Just going. Yeah. 20 made three straight. 20 straight frees. At one point. An yeah. absolute record of 37 points out of 40 points. Uh, a record NBA and WNBA combined. She broke broke Stephen Curry's record. Who's already thinking about oh nah, trying to I break need, her record? <laughs> I need to break uh, Sabrina's record now. But it it was so amazing to watch. I think you know now the free point contest, men and women, is starting to become like the most mm-hmm. exciting event. I mean, 
Okay, well, I'll mention that the skills challenge was won by uh, Kelsey Plum and Chelsea Gray of the Las Vegas Aces. But to be fair, who cares really about the skills challenge? And is it really a skills challenge? But let's not get into that. Let's go back to the free point content. Sabrina Yonetsku. We know by, by now, I mean, we've been at all the games this season and last season that she's a free point machine. And every year she keeps on getting better yeah, and better. Yeah. And she says she, she's training for it. But my, my question was, because that was the first free point contest, was that was she going to be able to have all those consecutive frees because that's one thing to score frees in a game. That's a different thing to having to shoot at so many free point shots. She was mad she missed two. Yeah, I mean <laughs> I mean I she mean. could have the ultimate record of like forty points. But even Ali Quigley, uh Courtney Venice's wife who's a four time uh free point contest uh champion, she couldn't believe it herself. Like she was like, I'm not sure that I would have been uh, able to do as well yeah. as Sabrina did. So it was an amazing performance. Everybody was so excited in the crowd. I mean, we were watching the game, on, uh, the contest on TV, and, and we could hear the crowd buzzing. Even the players, even players that might not have a great connection with Sabrina, they were all excited, all standing up and cheering for her. I mean, you saw Chelsea Gray jumping yeah. up and down. And, yeah. I mean, it was just like, I mean, everybody was yeah. up like on their feet at one point because we were like, this is not real. Like, she just literally, she was a machine yeah. and she did not stop. And you just thought, this girl will not miss. And she... You know, Sabrina stepped out there and was like, y'all forgot who I was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, obviously, some people were asking her if, you know, she considered herself the, the, the best three-point shooter of all time. And, you know, she said that obviously she still has a long way to go to, to get there. But um, I'm sure can, that's a goal. Yeah, that's a goal. <laughs> and she continues that way. She's she going to be a problem. And, and we're glad we have her on our team. So kudos and congrats to Sabrina Ionescu. For an amazing free pound contest, and that was definitely uh, one of the highlights uh, mm-hmm. of that weekend. All right, so now the break is over. Uh, we got, you know, I think twenty more games or twenty-two more games for the Liberty um, in this uh, second half of the season, and we're starting uh, this second half with a camp day game today on uh, Wednesday, July 19th against the Dallas Wings. The game was at 1 p.m. I gotta be honest with you, I'm not necessarily a big fan of those camp day games, and I'm sure the players as well, because you play much earlier, so that kind of changed your routine. Mm-hmm. It gets super loud, which is obviously a good thing. You see a lot yeah. of excited kids, and, and you don't know the impact that you can have on them, and, and how maybe one day they want to be like the players that they've seen uh, one day yeah. at that camp day. But, yeah, I'm, I'm not a big fan of it. And so as we uh, entered the, the stadium, uh, it was loud. Uh, <laughs> a lot of uh, thunder sticks uh, with lights in there. And then our usual Section 31 and Section 1 were cut off because this week has been uh, Drake's week. Uh, Drake has been uh, touring and... And it has a couple of performances uh, at the Barclays Center. And then he would uh, later on uh, go to the Madison Square Garden. But there was like a sort of gigantic statue uh, statue, sta- yeah. statue of, uh, of Drake. I don't know. I didn't really have a look at it. But therefore, Section 31 and 1 were taken out. Uh, due to that statue because he has another concert to, uh, tomorrow. Yeah, so uh, some of our usual Yeah, so we our see usual had to be moved to different sections. Areas, yeah. And you had a bunch of kids all around the stadium. So it was not our, our usual uh, vibe at the Barclays, but, you know, a different vibe, and, and we appreciate uh, the support. But, yeah, it was, it was a, a, a strange uh, game, but one thing that, that came to mind is... Uh, Dallas is going to be a problem, isn't it? Uh, oh, they they offer a matchup that very few teams can really, uh, you know, challenge. And uh, they are now with that, that win today of the Dallas Wings against the Liberty 98 uh, to 88. The only team that has been the, you know, on cold, uh, you know, super teams, uh, the Las Vegas Aces and the New York Liberty. And the first things that comes to mind is points in the paint. Uh, 50 points 
in the planes for the Dallas Wings. Um, the free centers, should I mention uh, their name? Yeah. Uh, Tierra McCohen, Kelani Brown, and Awa Kuyer uh, were a real partners for the Liberty, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, they did not have an answer for them, really. I mean, there were a couple of blocks, a co- you know... There was a nasty block by Stewie. <laughs> I, yeah. will, I will say that. That Oof. was a nasty Oof. block. Um, which got the crowd going. But again, Dallas has weapons. And, and once they locked in, and they were clicking on all cylinders. And, and they weren't the only ones. The centers, and they weren't the only ones that were given problems. I mean, you had Agumba Wale. You had Sabali. You had Dangerfield. You had everybody. Howard. Like, they all were making their shots, especially Ogumba Wale. But, you know, it, it was tough for the Liberty, I think, defensively, especially, I think, what did they say in that game? Um, Dallas only had two turnovers? Yeah. Yeah. That, I don't know if I've ever heard that of any team. Only having two turnovers in a game. One, that shows how great a team is, but also, two, that also shows how the other team did not play well defensively. And I think that... For the Liberty is something they got to just go back. And it's one game. Obviously, we would want the win. Um, but the frustrating part, I think, for the Liberty is the defense. Yeah. So before we dive into the defense, um, let's go back quickly to the, the centers. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, obviously, when you have two players that are 6'6", six, six, uh, one player who's 6'4", uh, and then you also have uh, Sabali, uh, who's six uh, four as well, and Natasha at six two. A lot of height. And right now, the Liberty have a depth issue in on the in the paint because you have Dawson who's still injured, and apparently, according to Brandello, is still going to be out for a couple of weeks. You have Anshu, who's now you know, so she came back from the Asian Cup. Mm-hmm. They said that she, you know, had pain in her foot, so they want didn't want to take any risk and rest her. And now we find out that she's gone for another tournament uh, with a, a, a Chinese team, uh, with the national uh, team. And so you kind of wonder, like, what what was the point of having her this season if you uh, didn't really trust her so far this season to give her any meaningful time? And then now she came back, obviously you rested her, and now you let her go when we actually need her. Um, and she could, you know, take the risk of injuring herself again. Um, it's, it's very, very puzzling. I mean, we knew before the season that she was going to be out for the Asian Cup. We didn't know that she was going to be out for a second competition up to the 7th or 8th of, of August. And so it's a problem. Like, you know, Dawson out, Anchu out. That leaves you only with Jonko Jones and Yara Saboli on the inside. And for the second game in a row, they were in foul troubles. Yeah, both and, of them. And Dallas was not hesitating to feeding the ball on the inside. And that was that was an issue throughout the whole game. And I was very surprised when... That was actually the first question in the post-game conference. And they asked Sandy Brandello if they were thinking about bringing uh, another player, center or forward... Um, on the hardship contract and she said no we're not uh, entertaining the idea we're just gonna have to weather the storm but at some point I'm thinking that might be a problem I mean you have Epiphany Prince who is on the hardship contract with Little Booty which is great for her she's a, an experienced player but you, you barely play her and you know because you play Sabrina and Vendersuit about 35 minutes out of the 40 minutes and mm-hmm. then you obviously give time for uh, Marianne Joannes so Epiphany Prince barely plays so you like so you have an awesome contract that barely plays and you could potentially have another player but you don't bring it in um, I don't know it's, it's very very strange and uh, yeah at some point the maybe not the coaching staff but maybe the general manager will have to think about that I mean, I think personally, I think I feel like there's more to the Han Shu situation yeah. because if you had a it's foot injury, strange. your foot injury can't be that serious if you're going to another tournament. Yeah, um, you know. So, to me, maybe there's something else there. We don't know, um, but I think now, yeah, it's gonna be tough weathering this storm. I think you know it, it's gonna take discipline of Sabali and JJ to really try not to get into foul trouble in these in these next games because that, you know, Sabali fouled out. 
and JJ was hanging on by a thread yeah. with her fouls, and I think she also got a tech in this game as well. So yeah, she was getting frustrated. So so you know it it is going to require a lot more discipline from both of them to be able to take on some of these teams that they're they're about to face in the second in the second half of the season. So. You know, um, hopefully Dolson. Dolson is trying to make that comeback, you know. Um, but, yeah, it's going to take another couple weeks before we see her. Unfortunately for the Liberty, teams are exploiting their defense yeah, way so, too easily. <laughs> so let's let's go. Let's dive into the defense now, as you, as you mentioned earlier on. Um, I think that is becoming now the, the biggest problem for the Liberty. Mm-hmm. We could deal with, you know, lapses on offense because we have so much talent and, and there's always times where the Liberty figure it out. But the real issue is the defense. Yeah. And once again, we talked about Kelsey Mitchell for the previous game against the Indiana Fever. Uh, another guard, obviously, Arike Ogumbawale, who was a serious problem uh, for the Liberty. Now, we know that Arike has a tendency sometimes to take a lot of shots and kind of forgetting her teammates, but she's starting to figure it out now. Mm-hmm. She's more efficient on offense. She's also passing the ball to her teammates. And when she plays at that level, it, it is very scary. But the previous time that the Liberty faced the, the Dallas Wings, we felt that they handled Arike pretty well, especially in the second half. So, uh, Marin Johannes had done a pretty good job. They had double-teamed her quite a few times to make her life difficult. Mm-hmm. But in this game, they didn't follow the same uh, method. And it was almost like suicidal to just like let Arike just cook anybody that was in front of her. Vandersloot, Marin Johannes, like she was That's almost cool. to a point of trash-talking like, oh, nobody's really worthy of defending me but like when you let her you know starting one-on-one dribbling and then just having those crossovers or step back free like like none of the guys in the liberty are gonna be able to stop her isn't it no i mean you're not gonna stop her and in giving her space and they they gave her a little too much space and that's why she was able to and she created space too i mean she's a phenomenal player so it's not just um the Liberty's, you know, lack of defense. She's also a phenomenal player, so you're going to have to give a phenomenal effort on defense. And you yeah. just didn't really see that with the Liberty for anyone who was on Arike. Um, maybe the only person, which was unfortunately at the end again, was what Willoughby. I think we yeah. saw Willoughby come in, and she, she stuck to her like glue at one point. Obviously, you're not always going to stop Arike. But if you can get some stops, that helps your team. And initially, I felt like no one was able to really stop her. And maybe towards the end, they started to kind of figure it out. Um, But it was too late at that point. Yeah, like the first half was pretty tight and and the Liberty had the lead. They even had uh, a five-point lead uh, in in the middle or beginning slash middle of the third quarter. Uh, Sabrina once again had a tremendous perf- performance and, and was keep keeping us afloat with a freeze and aggressiveness. Uh, so it was a pretty tight game, but that moment where Arike started like taking off, she had maybe like two frees in mm-hmm. a row and then a couple of assists for um, you know some of the centers on the team and, and that's when the Dallas Wings um, took off and and the Liberty like pretty much never came back. They trailing by at some point 15 they, they made a a game a little bit towards the the last three or four minutes of the game i think they went they were trailing by eight or nine uh marine started hitting uh hitting a couple of frees finally um after you know difficult um you know slump and those last few games but it was a little too late and uh you know in the end uh, the dallas wins deserved their win they're a very talented team, and it kind of pained me as well to to see Natasha uh, Howard as well reminding the Liberty uh, what they're missing. Like I had never seen her with that drive and that you know she aggressiveness. Had an edge. She yeah. was like she was yeah. on a mission. She wanted mm-hmm. to prove like you know what you traded me. This is what you're missing. And I think you know as as frustrated as we were at times with Natasha Howard. 
you realize when sometimes some players are leaving the team, you it's in those moments that you kind of remember what you're missing. And, and, and she was a very reliable player. Now, you could argue that maybe, you know, talent-wise, John Cole Jones might be more talented than Natasha Owens. But the Liberty knew how to utilize Howards in a way that made them effective and made them win games, in a way that Junko Jun mm-hmm. hasn't been able to so far with the with the Liberty. So, unfortunately, she's on the other side, Crystal Dangerfield as well, and and everything starts clicking for for the Wings. And I would not want to face them in the. F- in the first round of the playoff or the, the second round, to be honest, because they, they're going to be a handful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now I feel like, yes, let's not press the panic button, but we're starting to have more questions than, than answers with the new acclivity. And, and I didn't want to bring it up uh, before uh, today's episode, but we're going to have to start questioning, uh, you know, Sandy Brandello and her coaching staff and, and the choices and the decisions that mm. they're making right now. Now, obviously, you know, they're a great coaching staff. Sandy Brandello has a lot of experience and has won a title before. And, you know, you could tell that the players are with her. They, they follow her, they respect her, they value her. But there's going to have to be some changes. And I don't know what, where could we start with this? I think when I when I think about this game, there was a moment where um, I forgot in which quarter, but there was a moment where the Liberty were defending, and they were basically all on one side of the court almost, mm. and you saw Sandy <laughs> yelling to them like, "Come back over!" She was trying to get, and yeah. they did. But I think sometimes for the Liberty. You know, sometimes I do question Sandy, but sometimes I also question the players in the moment where it seems like other teams, like the Liberty, they have to know that they are, they know it, but in the game, they have to play with pace. Yeah. Offensively and defensively. I think sometimes when they get up court and they can be lethal, whether three-point line, mid-range paint, whatever, if they're playing with pace and they're lethal and they're making their buckets, they got to be the same way defensively, especially in the transition. They got to be the same way. And that's, and that's not easy. Don't get me wrong. That's not easy for them. And that's not easy for any team. But you, that's, that's where you got to get to. And unfortunately, what it, it looked like in this game, Dallas was just quick. Yeah. You know, when you have Arike <laughs> cooking you – and danger feel and, and maybe just because they're smaller players so they can get around people much faster and just the strength and the physicality of their centers i mean there wasn't a whole lot the liberty could do yeah but you did mention earlier um that the dallas wings only had two turnovers in this game which is extraordinary um you know credits to their talent but you also got a question the aggressiveness of mm-hmm of the Liberty's defense for the Wings to only have two turnovers. Yeah. Um, that, and I've seen the Liberty, but that's the thing. Throughout the season, we've seen the Liberty be aggressive. You know, you've seen them, whether it's Sloot, Johannes, Sabrina, I mean, any one of the players. I mean, yeah, we talk about Laney and Thornton and others where they can really hold down defensively, but everyone has to play aggressive. Yeah. And you just didn't really see that in this game. And I've definitely seen that in other games from the Liberty. When they when they get in and they're aggressive on defense and they're pushing, you get turnovers. Yeah. You will definitely get turnovers. You got Sloot getting her hand in there, stealing the ball. Maureen getting her hand in there. Sabrina. All of them. Like, when they're all clicking, it, it they are unstoppable. Yeah. But then when they get they sort of lack focus maybe a little bit or they get lax or, you know, I don't know what it is for them today, but only they know that they'll go back and watch film, I assume. And, you know, I mean, from, from the, from today's game, what I noticed was the lack of communication. Mm-hmm. When you see like when you switch or when you come and help, um, you know, your teammates, when there's a player going into the pain you obviously have to help. Like, there was no communication to yeah. come and switch or cover the player that is not open. Or, like, you know, 
um, centers from the wings that were sort of taking position on the inside for the rebound. Like, you know, lack of communication, lack of aggressiveness and when it comes to the rebound, the boxing out, or putting pressure on, on, on the guards. It was like, I think we are very demanding, obviously, and we have a lot of expectations for that team because of the level of talent. And obviously, we shouldn't expect to for things to click like Im- immediately. But at this point of the season, there are you know some problems and issues that we're starting to see more and more often now. Mm-hmm. And at this point, and I think Sabrina did mention it, I don't know if it was uh, today or after the game against Indiana, they are aware of what they need to work on or the issues. But now it's... You know, it's about stop talking about it and actually act upon it. And and so far, I I haven't really seen that um, as much from the Liberty. So, but I think the expectations we have, you know, if we've seen it in them, that's the thing. You've seen it in some games where when they're aggressive, you can see what this team can be. And so you just want to see more of that. And sometimes they get away from that and they don't play with that same drive and that same focus. So when that when they go away from that, other teams will easily take advantage. And so that, I think, is the fine line for them. Is like you can't, again, you, ju- you just can't take your foot off the gas. Just because you're in second place, you, you Connecticut can take that spot very quickly. And Dallas is coming up and other teams are coming up. Yeah. Again, like Stewie always said, yeah. All these teams in this league are talented. And at any point, I mean, Seattle is is the bottom team. But Seattle plays hard. Like, this isn't some team that you have Jewel Lloyd. Like, yeah. when you think about all the different teams, like, Phoenix just beat Connecticut. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, th- these teams are talented. So you got to come and play no matter what the ranking says. And so... You know, today with Dallas, I, I thought this, this game would be tough just because you saw how Dallas took on Vegas and it yeah. wasn't easy when the Liberty beat them in the previous game either. Yeah. So, you know, you knew it was going to be tough and Dallas is starting to click on all cylinders and they got they, they got the team for it. All right. So, you know, we don't want to throw shades or darts or knives at you, Sandy. Uh, we really want the best for you and that team, and, and, and we know that you're working hard. But, yeah, there's, there's going to have to be, you know, some thinking uh, to do um, for the second half of the season. Um, the, the bench as well. Maybe, like, try different rotations or give more chances to the players um, from your bench. I mean, I don't know. Um, we're obviously not coaches. We just try to share mm-hmm. our opinions and what we see. Um, but, yeah, um, you know, Stewie said that, Let's let's not panic. Um, you know, it's it's a lesson, and we'll learn from it. Uh, Sandy also mentioned that that they they'll definitely learn many things from that game, um, and so we'll we'll see um, for the rest of the the week. They have two more games this week. Uh, this Friday they will face the Washington Mystics in DC, um, and try to. I mean, they had a tough uh, second matchup against them when they came back and won in overtime but let's not forget that the first game of the season was in dc and and that was not a pretty game for liberty who who lost quite a quite a bit against washington now let's uh remind ourselves well let's uh mention the fact that there will be quite a few players injured for the mystics uh uh elena deladon is still uh, out with a uh, ankle injury shakira austin is still out uh, with a hip injury that she had against uh, Liberty in the previous uh, matchup. Uh, Ariel Atkins also injured an uh, uh, ankle um, before the All-Star break. So they will be without three key players of the squad. So we expect the Liberty, obviously, to take care of business and be the favorites of that game. But the thing with the Mystics is that even when they have players injured and you feel like it's going to be an easy game, they always give... 100%. So yeah. we definitely expect a, a tough matchup. And then on Sunday, they'll be facing once again the Indiana Fever. Uh, we don't know if Nalisa Smith and Lexi Hall will, will be back. But regardless of that, it's, it's going to be a, a tough matchup, uh, mm-hmm. especially after the, the game that they had last week. So two exciting games uh, are, you know coming this week um, that we will talk about in our next podcast. We'll be back 
uh, to our regular schedule on uh, Mondays uh, now that we are back from vacation. But thank you so much for uh, everybody that's been listening to our podcast so far. Uh, the message of support uh, and the encouragements that we've received. We, we're really grateful for for you guys for listening to our podcast. And uh, as we always uh, say, let's, let's go, go Liberty! Liberty!